to the right. Mariota drops. Steps up. He can run a long way. Fantastic, Adam. Cheers, lovely intro. Do you think? Do you think they'd be better if I actually planned them? Maybe, maybe I should. Maybe I should try that. <laughs> Work out what we're going to say and talk about before we start recording a podcast. But no. nah. we've, we've got we've got we to do it in a natural way. We don't bother with short notes. <laughs> um, yeah, we we're, we're we're coming to you. It's it's getting a bit dull and repetitive isn't it just doing this after yet another titans win yet another delicious dreamboat video harry um these are becoming just run of the mill right yeah i mean this one was a bit harder to do um some parts of the game were a little bit patchy on monday morning <laughs> um, but no luckily you know the highlights jogged my memory fairly well i think from then on i felt fairly confident um, the fish cakes for Teev when I went home definitely helped. And, oh, that's uh, good. Yeah. But, but yeah, I, I'm sort of running out of things to to say when it's a win. Um, I almost want a loss next, you know, this week coming up just to freshen it up so I can get angry or something. Stop! But, no, no. <laughs> well, if Greg's not here, I've I've got to be pessimistic in some way, and I think that's probably the most pessimistic you're going to get me. So there we are. Well, it's it's funny that you mentioned Greg um, because anyone that's missing him. Um, my, well, you might be aware he is in the United States as we speak with Yessi. Um, and I managed to catch up earlier and had a chat with him and her. Um, Shall we hear that? I always knew two cats were better than one. Um, we've got the best cat joining us. Yessi, how are you? Hi, yeah, yeah, I'm good, thanks. Not good, good. You're, uh, I mean, Greg's Greg's here as well, I'm afraid. Sorry about that. Yeah, sorry. Um, you two are reporting live, I was going to say from Nashville, but you're you're heading to, or well, south from there this week, aren't you? Um, but how are things over there? Is it just like you've never been away? Yeah, it's strange, really, because obviously it's been um, nearly two years since we were able to come to Nashville itself. And I thought it would feel weirder, but we sorted in quite nicely didn't we and um yeah it feels like home away from home and um 
most things are still the same and yeah it's like we've we've not been away i don't even know if covid19 exists here to be honest with you <laughs> <laughs> just feels like we've just bounced straight back to two years ago are, are things i mean it, things are kind of approaching normal here obviously but does it feel that way in tennessee yeah it does i mean to be fair, I, I was quite surprised. I was expecting there to be no one wearing masks. I was expecting there to be just people pretty much doing what the hell they wanted. And in fairness, people have. People have been wearing masks. People have, you know, you can, I wouldn't necessarily say that they're being over sensitive to space like you have seen at home occasionally. But yeah, things getting back to normal and it's actually quite nice. I think I'd much rather it be that than, you know, really quiet or, you know, not as much of an atmosphere because of, because of COVID. So, um, yeah, so I think it's it's nice. It's in a it's in a good place, and I think yeah, like it does feel like yeah. Apart from travelling on the on on the plane and through airports where you kind of you have to wear masks, uh, everything else is pretty relaxed. And uh, what about Nissan Stadium? Um, it looks. I mean, I have the impression that I don't know Nashville as a whole seems really high on the Titans this year more than I mean we they could be pretty low on the Titans at times. Um, but especially the the form that we've got, um, it does feel from afar that the place is absolutely bouncing. Um, what was well, what was Sunday like? How did the the stadium compare to how it's been in the past? It was it was definitely busier. Um, I think when I was looking around the stadium, the top tiers normally you'd have a fair few empty seats. Just when we've been to games historically. Um, and I mean, the last few years, we've not exactly been a bad team either, let's face it. I mean, we've, we've been in contention on a few occasions, but we, it, it felt a lot busier. It was one of those ones I was expecting there to be a lot of Saints fans, and there were. There were a lot of Saints fans, but not, not to the point where it was like what we've seen with the Bills and the Chiefs in the past, where it's more, more or less outnumbered. Um, it certainly still felt like those, those numbers were in Titans' favour, and it's probably the loudest I've heard the crowd from games we've been to. Um, it was, yeah, the atmosphere was pretty in, insane. And I think having a game like it was in the end, which was in classic Titan style, a bit of a nail biter, because even right at the end, that two point conversion could have taken it to overtime. It was, uh, yeah, the, the place was absolutely bouncing. And, and the city was art as well. I think everybody's really high on the Titans and quite rightly so. Everybody in Nashville, maybe not everybody across the United States or across the world, um, but. That's just just part of uh, following the Titans. No one, I guess. no one knows this outside of Nashville, do they? Let's face it. NFL media, we we, we talk about this every week. Uh, the Titans, <laughs> just, they're just there at the moment. No one else watches, do they? No, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, what do you think about the game? Um, it, I guess, not as pretty as some have been, but there were some good moments. Uh, nice to see. Well, Ta- Tannehill scored right in front of you, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. The finger roll right in front of us. <laughs> it was good to see. Good to see. Yeah. It wasn't. Wasn't. It was even better to see Ben Jones's finger roll. To be honest with you. Oh, that was good. And well, Troy Carter. Don't forget him. I'm not sure if yeah, his heart true. was that quite was a, in that it. That was a poor attempt. Um, yeah. Look, the game was. I mean, you'll talk about this in a bit more detail, so we'll keep it high level. But offense is still not clicking yet, and I think look, that's to be expected. Let's face it. But we're doing enough to win games, so you can't argue. Um, defense wasn't at the Rams level that we saw the week before, but let's make no one's defense can play consistently at that level against against any offense. The Saints were, I think, 
look, Trevor Simeon's not the greatest quarterback, but they've still got enough weapons around to make big plays. It boiled down to big moments and the roughing the passer call on Tannehill was a big moment. The change possession at the beginning of the half with the with the fumble, incredible play on, uh, on special teams. All of that, all of that really kind of made towards what the result was in the end. And not to forget, you know, they missed two extra points, which which you know were, were pretty big in the end. Um, they probably would have been kicking, you know, if they'd hit those two, they'd been kicking to win the game. So it was one of those ones. You know, we 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 had to think a bit of a bit of luck at times, but we did enough. And it was a lot closer than I wanted it to be. But let's face it, it's the Titans. When are we ever blowing teams out? Uh, certainly when we're in Nashville, it always seems like it's a nail-biter. So but I'm hoping with the Texans this coming week that we'll be able to get a much more comfortable win and enjoy it a bit more than... Well, we enjoyed it anyway, let's face it, but certainly not have as many heart attacks. Yeah, I think, you know, the the winning streak for us um, at <laughs> the Nissan continues. Um, that's the most important thing, right? So... It makes me no. nervous that though, it like because you keep bringing it up, like both of you, about how you've obviously you've never seen the Titans lose um, when you've been there. It, it was like, do you remember when Ryan Suckup had that streak and he like yeah, he didn't yeah. miss a field goal for so long, and every single time the commentators mention it, it's every single time I hear it, it's just it just fills me with dread now. We're at, we're Marcus Mariota in a red zone, aren't we? Going <laughs> into London, yeah. it's uh, yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting one. It. It's one of those things that I think we originally, well, uh, probably me more than more than you, but I think I started playing up probably a couple of years ago, or maybe three years ago, when we went to the Houston game at home in particular. And I was like, yeah, we've never we've never seen the Titans lose at home, which is considering our road record is is pretty average. Apart from the two playoff games, we've not got the greatest record on the road, but at home it seems to be sticking. And yeah, it would be it would be classic Titans to go and lose that record against the Texans. Let's face it, but we'll never we'll never know. Hopefully. Hopefully we'll come away with a comfortable win. Oh, please, please don't let that happen. That's, that's That can't happen, can it? It surely can't. Uh, well, I mean, I said <laughs> yeah. that about the Jets game, so let's we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. But, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'll, I would just love to see... I want to see how long David Mills, uh, Davis Mills' neck is. So I'm quite looking forward to hopefully <laughs> seeing him out on the field at some point. But, um, no, I don't know. I think we can't lose that game, but at the same time, it's the Titans, so we definitely can. <laughs> So you're you're off to Atlanta Thursday night football. Yeah, um, yeah. We're off to there, Atlanta to watch, the, to watch the Pats, um, which really hoping they come away with a embarrassing loss because that team seems to be clicking at the right time. We've got them in a few weeks' time, so just dampening their expectations would be good. But yes, yeah, so down to Atlanta and then uh, across to Alabama for some college football on Saturday. Nice. And then back nice. up back up to Nashville for Sunday and then in Nashville all week. Probably doing a lot of drinking in Broadway. Yeah, hopefully not as much as I've done at the game. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't remember some of the moments. So, um, we'll oh really? That. Okay. Yeah. Hence why I'm talking about the game. <laughs> I'm, I'm just high on being in Nashville and at the stadium. So, um, yeah. Well, that's that's fair enough. But the thing thing is, it's a noon kickoff, or most games are a noon kickoff, and you like people are drinking at nine a.m. So that's oh, we, we would we we went to so we went to the uh, two blue uh, two two tone blue nation um, tailgate on Sunday morning, which and we got there about half eight in the morning, and that's when they, they were already there. They were already there. They were already there drinking for a good probably hour before that. So yeah, it's, and to be honest, it's one of those things you just kind of get used to when when you do the noon games and 
Um, obviously, when we went to the playoffs, they were like later kickoffs and we were getting down there much, much later in the day. And it does feel a bit more relaxed because you don't feel like you have to crack open a beer at eight in the morning. But at the same time, it's 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 kind of part of the experience. It. Yeah. Yeah. But your yes, body clock yes, was probably still on UK time. It's, oh, we, it's, yeah. We were all over the place. Absolutely yeah. all over the place. I think we woke up because we went to we went to the Vols game on Saturday as well. So we woke up ridiculously early to get down to, to Knoxville because it's like a three hour drive where we were so we got down we, we left really really early so our, our body clocks have been all over the place and i think it's only really in the last day or so that we've started to feel like we're on national time finally um but yeah it's honestly it's uh it's an amazing city i know there's a lot of people who listen from nashville who, who know that and a lot of people who've from the uk who have been before so we'll know what it's all about but for those who have never been i honestly cannot recommend it highly enough um yes did you i saw you caught up with some of the the ladies of Titans Twitter. Um, yeah, yeah, it was um, it was lovely to to meet those ladies. Um, you know, we kind of have our Twitter chat, and you know, some of the ladies said they were going, so we said, you know, hey, let's meet up at the end zone with um, Lance Smith and have you know a, a photo together. Um, I met a couple of them at the tailgate before. Uh, all really, really lovely, aren't they? Um, so yeah, just a shout out to those guys, you know, they were also welcoming and it was just lovely to see, you know, like-minded people. Um, and yeah, I mean, you met a couple of their partners and stuff like that, didn't you? And yeah. you know, your photo taking and stuff. So um, yeah, it was really, really nice to finally meet some people that you chat to online and uh, yeah, have a, have a, a hug, even though. Um, oh, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's the one thing about Titans fans and, and Titans Twitter, it can be the worst place at the darkest times, but also brings together so many people at the same time. So uh, we met so John and Amanda, who, who in particular, who we pretty much spent the entire entire game with. And um, we literally just spent time with them like we'd known them for years. And oh, yeah, it was, it was, which is which is something that, let's face it, it you you can sit there and say what we want about social media. But um, and I certainly do, especially in dark times, certain times, <laughs> Twitter in the dark times. But. It, it does bring people together and it brings people together from, you know, not just the local area, you know, but people who, who across all of the US and the world who get to know each other just from from social media, which is which is pretty incredible. And such yeah. lovely people and just welcoming yeah, us in. Absolutely. And, and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah. We, we met a few others. Obviously, Jesse mentioned Lance, um, who, was, who was great. And um, it's, it's actually good. I think we're, we're finally on the Transatlantic Titan side of things, starting to get, I think, a bit recognised for... Yeah, people do do actually listen to us talk crap for for an hour a week, which is quite interesting. Um, you're getting stopped you... in the street. Yeah, oh, you're uh, you're not you're quite that extent. That. Yeah. As soon as they hear the accent, they're like, "Oh my god, yeah, you're you're that guy. You're you're the one who's." Negative. That is the accent, isn't it, over here? Just I think they haven't heard it for a couple of years. That just you know we'd been here an hour and there was five separate people that were like, "Oh my god, I love your accent. Where are you from?" And you get it sometimes when you come over, but this time I'm noticing it a lot more. Um, yeah. that, that I just think, yeah, they haven't had people from the UK coming over much. That it just it seems um, like quite a big surprise to them to kind of finally see us over here. Sure, yeah, it's it's I, we've almost we've got out of the habit of travelling because we haven't been able to, and it's suddenly oh the the taps turned on again, um, and yeah, definitely. Yeah, they're probably not not used to it, but it's 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 great, and long may it, long may it continue. Hopefully, we don't get any any setbacks, and uh, and these things can carry on. 
Fingers crossed we'll be here for the playoffs as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, 99% chance or whatever that the Titans are going to be in the playoffs. I'm not sure quite how it can go wrong from here, but... I just want the playoffs to be through Nashville. That, that, getting that number one seed will be huge for us. I think it will be... This city will be absolutely bouncing if we have playoff football in Nashville all the way through to the Super Bowl. It would just be absolutely incredible. It's a, it's a party town anyway, but it would be another level, I think, if that happened. Wouldn't it just? And it's 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 in our hands and it should happen. It can happen. There we go. That, that's, that's, that's probably... A good way to good way to end. You've got to check out of your hotel. Yep, on our way out in the moment, and then yeah, we've uh, fingers crossed we get through the Texans and we can get back to the UK still unbeaten. Yeah, you better make sure you do. No, no, <laughs> we'll try our best. <laughs> yeah, make it happen. Do better than your best. Um, whatever, whatever's needed, and you can affect we're not, it. We're not welcome back. Is that it? If, if it doesn't happen, we're not welcome I'm, back. It's not up to me, but you know, I'm, I'm not going to say that explicitly. But you know, just just come back with a win. That's all I'm saying. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But <laughs> yeah, cool. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for chatting. We'll we'll catch you in a couple of weeks, I guess. But enjoy the rest of your trip. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers, Foxy. See ya. There we go. I'm incredibly jealous of the trip that they're having. It's great that these things are possible again and um, need to make it happen for for myself we all do we need to get out there and support these titans but you know things are things are going well they the titans are doing pretty well by themselves and with the the massive support they've they've got in tennessee you know another another week another win i mean arguably a more routine expected one you know i don't think any of us thought we'd we'd turn the rams over the way we did um but Neil, were you surprised in anything you saw against the Saints? Um, I mean, I think it were two fairly evenly matched teams as far as, like, the players they had missing and the players we had missing made it a, a more even match than it probably should have been. And I think the way our offence kind of stalled in the second half, um, it, it was kind of a good job that Kamara and Armstead weren't playing because Simeon actually made some decent throws. And I think this is, to be honest, I think this is a, a better win than it's been given credit for. Because I, I think if a few things had broke in opposite directions, the Saints could be right up there chasing Green Bay in, in the NFC. I think they're, they're fairly well coached and, and they've got a, a deep roster. So I think this is a, a better win than everybody's making it out to be, even though we, we sort of only just got there in the end. I I don't think, I mean, Sean Payton, we know, you know he's, he's big coaching the Saints brilliantly for about 50 years, even though he still only looks about 35. I don't know how he does that. Um, but I don't think Travis Simeon is quite the terrible quarterback that people make him out to be. He's perfectly serviceable. And he was, yeah, they were able to move the ball at times. And it wasn't, you know, we weren't dominating defensively like we were against the Rams. Although it took, I think, three or four possessions for, the Saints to do anything but punt. It was, a, it was a slow start for both teams. But I, I don't think, I mean, the the big talking point will be the roughing the passer call and the the backlash in the media, Saints fans, about that, which obviously wiped off an interception by, by Ryan Tannehill in the end zone and we, we scored a touchdown. Yeah, a big moment in the game. Um, but 
I honestly think we, we had enough for them anyway. And the scoreline probably flattered the Saints in truth. And we you know, we were, what, 23 to 12 with six minutes left in the game. And it, it went a bit, I'm not saying we went prevent, but we were sort of just trying to use the clock as as you do in those situations. And it, it felt maybe less comfortable than it was. I think actually a lot, if the Saints were going to nick a win, a lot still had to go right, as as was proved. They didn't get the two-point conversion. But even if they had, they would have still had to do it in overtime and other, th- other things go their way. Um, Harry, how did you see it? Yeah, I think you two really have hit the nail on the head there. I think injuries obviously played a huge part in this game for both teams. And um, the Saints are in a real weird position at the moment with their sort of transition from Breeze and, and just trying to work out what that looks like for them, really, this season. And I thought Simeon played a pretty pretty decent game, made some really nice throws and didn't maybe get as flustered with the pressure as we saw some of the bigger name quarterbacks that we faced in the last few weeks um, sort of struggle with. So it really put an onus on on our secondary, which we know is really banged up and really injured. And they sort of showed maybe a little bit more wear and tear and a little bit more holes and vulnerability than, than we've probably seen in the last couple of weeks. But um, offense, I thought towards the end of the game went really conservative and I didn't really like it. I think, you know, we ran on like a third and 15 at one point and stuff like that, which I kind of see why you do it when you've got one of the best punters in the game. But then also the game still felt a little bit too close at that point as that, well. That, that's why I sort of said what I did about the the scoreline being kind of closer than it was. I think the, the, we'd, have, we'd have opened it up a bit more if the situation was a bit different at that stage. That's that's why I said that. And I think I'd, I'd like to think there was a bit more in the bank. Um, I'm not saying we're functioning and firing on offence far from it. Um, we know why. We know some of the issues there. Um, what's maybe less less publicised about Sunday was that you know Ryan Tannehill was ill. Remember that panic on Friday that he suddenly, what's his status? He's not practising. Um, and Mike Brabel there. Uh, no, no designation, um, but as as it proved to be, but he wasn't right, and they admitted he was he was under the weather. Um, he'd I don't know if he'd been to Chipotle like AJ Brown or what it was, but um, I had a sense, you know, Harry, what you're saying about the conservative play calling towards the end that they were kind of trying to give Tannehill an easy game and just just make it, yeah, just a bit safe. Um, really bears out what you're saying. If we can do that now and still get wins, I mean, this weekend should be the, the safest game plan that we ever put together and it should be one of the easiest wins that, as a Titans team, we should get. Now that I've said that, it'll be a really <laughs> ugly game where David Mills, for some reason, goes off on an absolute match. But, you know, it's just one of those that, whilst we're going through <laughs> that, we need to, need to just go and at least sort of grind out the wins and they're not going to be pretty and it'll feel at times like we're watching Titans from 2013 again and and stuff like that but I'm cool with it as long as we get the wins and we get in the playoffs then I'm I'm happy enough I, I felt I felt pretty relaxed actually even, even towards the end I mean the Titans don't you know we don't win games by three or four scores not very often uh, there's the the Chiefs game this year I think that's probably about it um, and you know even then you don't relax because of Patrick Mahomes but Actually, this game with with now that we've got defense, 
I seem to have a different outlook on, you know, I'm not watching Tannehill with the ball or when we've, when we've got the ball thinking if we end up having to punt here, it's over. You, you've suddenly got a defence that you believe that can stop the opposition. Um, Fulton, you mentioned secondary. Fulton was back. Um, looked good. I mean, I think Jackson didn't have a good game. Uh, Janoris Jenkins keeps getting exposed a little bit, um, but you know we know we know how what good a job Bide's doing, and we know about our pass rush. Um, Neil, our pass rush. Uh, whether Dupree went down early, and I don't know how how quickly he's he's going to come back or what the issue is there. Um, but we've got to give some love to the Tickle Monsters again, don't we? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean. Uh... I would just, I would, I would like sort of, I, during the coverage when they were pointing out just how effective like a four-man rush were, and I'm like, is this another dimension? This is just not Titans, like no, no, that front, the front four, uh, and obviously Naquan Jones as well. <laughs> Amount of pressure they get with just a four-man rush, which allows allows sort of the secondary to to paper over a few of the flaws. And I, and I think what I, what I really love about the defense, and, and as well as the front four, is like you can have a stout defense that, that doesn't make plays, and ultimately, and if you and ultimately, if your offense doesn't play well, you, you will lose games. But I think our defense, like it does, give up yardage. But there's always a sack, a pick, a forced fumble, a turnover coming, which in turn helps your offense with good field position. And I'd sooner have a defence like ours that can make plays which will give up a few yards, bend but don't break sort of thing, than a, than a stout defence that, that doesn't turn the ball over and doesn't help their offence. And I just think how it's working at the minute, it, it's sort of coming to a a perfect storm of losing Derek Henry. And literally from the next game, the defence has stepped up and started playing another level when we've needed them to. And, and it wouldn't surprise me if they took on that challenge after what happened with Derek. I'm I'm seeing parallels with the sort of mid 2000s here, or when, you know, that sort of just after we we drafted Vince Young and we had that we had that stellar defense. Funny enough, Jim Swartz was the coordinator back then, um, yeah. and we we'd had that that was that same thing of getting getting pressure with the front four that we seem to be able yeah, to do. Yeah, we had a great front four. Huge. It's, it yeah. just makes such a difference where you're not having to come up with blitzes all the time and you're not yeah. com- committing secondary linebackers whoever um, it makes life so much easier and I know and you the... s- sorry go on sorry I was just going to say the, the chain gang were a far better name than the nickname the tickle monsters <laughs> and what, what, is, what is all that about what <laughs> <laughs> we need to remember to all that is worth and and Kyle Vandenbosch and Cole being called the chain gang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, uh, yeah that's that's a decent that's a decent name. You know, that was a that was fine. The tickle monsters, we need to get to the bottom of this. And how do we well, frankly, how do we put this to bed? I found it quite amusing for about a day. And I'm pretty over <laughs> it. I just I don't know. I just think it's awful. I can't I I mean I just can't get behind it. It just for whatever reason, it just it just throws me off. It just I don't know. Any, uh, any, I don't find it funny and not or ironic or well, I just don't find it. I mean, I hope it's ironic. <laughs> <laughs> I think the 
reason behind it, which I saw or listened to on around the NFL, was that like you know when you're getting tickled, you just like want to get away from it and you know want it to stop. But if you're having to explain a nickname, there's it's a pretty crap nickname, isn't it? Because <laughs> yeah. it's like oh. That's John Two Legs, or why is he called Two Legs? Wow, that's his whole story. And then, unless it's a really good story, otherwise it's just, oh, he's got two legs. Like, no, I don't, don't want to. I mean, I, I'm not saying I could come up with anything better. Let, let me point that out. Um, it's, it's a weird thing. Like sometimes, I, I don't know. Like you think of like the Legion of Boom in Seattle and all this, this sort of stuff. That does. I don't know. Someone must have come up with that in the first place. I realise that, but it's like they feel natural, don't they? Like you don't remember it, some artificial creation of a nickname, which is what's <laughs> happened here. <laughs> I I think maybe that's yeah. all. Go away and think of you know how can we rename this front front four in particular? You know, like a two tone boom maybe would be a play on <laughs> of. But I mean, that's I the only way going to get that. I don't, I don't actually think of, when I think about Jeff Simmons, I don't actually think of him having really long arms. I just see him as, like, you know, like, really stout and stocky and muscular. But I don't think, oh, wow, that guy's got exceptionally long arms, like Mr. Tickle. <laughs> I, think of, I think of the red sleeves and the red gloves that we seem to uh-huh. seem to be choosing, which goes back to uh, Mr. Monday Night. He, he wore, like, red, didn't he? And, yeah, that, I, lo- I love that. Like, yeah, it doesn't. I, I, I don't know. It's 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 all a, it's all a bit strange. Um, but they're they're certainly doing a job, aren't they? Which is the most the most important thing, um, regardless of um, what uh, Justin the grave digger um, is coming <laughs> coming up with. Yeah, it's uh, we need we need to just move on, and it and it just become. The, the other thing is, it makes me think of like stuff like Sackville. Like as soon as you build something up, okay, that art, it's artificial and you make a big thing of it. That's the end of it. And we all know what happened with that one. We do, we do. Um, <laughs> and I've I've heard Sackville a bit recently. As uh, yeah, I'm not sure I'm comfortable <laughs> with that in the same vein. But. Yeah, we. I mean, eight, eight and two. Let's let's just let that sink in, fellas. And and it's an eight and two. <laughs> Keyshawn Johnson might not think we're a real eight and two football team, um, but I mean, the only conclusion I can come to is that he thought we should have beaten the Jets, so he's right. We should be a nine and one football team. Uh, but five wins in a row, six wins in a row. Okay, <laughs> disrespectful to the Jags. Sorry, Pat. Um, but five wins against playoff teams from last year, plus we've beaten the Colts and the and the Seahawks as well, who were the Colts the second time, I should say, and the Seahawks. So that's what, seven out of eight wins are against playoff teams from a, from a year ago. I don't know how you can doubt what the Titans are doing. I don't understand how there's any sort of shade being thrown our way. Derek Henry's injured. Yeah, but look what we've just done for the for two games. You know, find other ways to win because we're well coached. Um, we've got we've now got this defense, um, and we've got an offense that can do what it needs to. I'm feeling pretty bullish. Don't someone bring me down a peg or two? 
well, we've got New England in a couple of weeks who seem to be going from strength to strength too. And I think the media will probably blow that up to be a big sort of prime time game where it's, you know, two up and coming teams that we weren't necessarily expecting to be here from the AFC, you know, get to go in near top of their uh, divisions in New England's case. But realistically, you know, we've used the most players in the league. We've got the most players on IR out of all the league. Um, and we don't really seem to miss a beat too often. And we are, we're teams that at the moment are also missing beats, so it doesn't really matter. Um, and like you say, if Henry's injured now, hopefully then he's back for the playoffs. You know, you've got Julio Jones, who will hopefully be back in the playoffs. And realistically, you know, if we've paid a second round pick for a player who helps us in the playoffs and helps us win a playoff game, I'm quite happy to trade that every single time, you know, if we don't need him to get to said playoffs. Um, I, I think it's, weird to be in this position because it almost feels like the regular season's just a formality at this point and it's just uh, don't get too many people injured and don't don't just too much I mean, again I feel a bit like 2008 where we went 10 and 0 and nobody really expected us to and then suddenly it's you're not thinking can we make the playoffs suddenly it's like right what's the, the can we get the bye can we get the number one seed and now that's how I'm thinking I mean the playoffs I don't, I don't. I think mathematically it's possible to miss them, but some weird stuff has got to go down from this point. So now it's like, well, we've got to get this number one seed. The uh, division even is taken as red. So that's the pressure: is staying ahead of Buffalo or Baltimore or whoever in the AFC West. I'm not sure. That's probably the Chiefs in the end. But it's it's that's the that's the pressure now, and that's that's not easy when we've got. Henry out and everything, everything else, but it's it's very very doable. It's just hard. To, it's hard to let that sink in sometimes. And I think I think it was the same in in two thousand and eight, where it's okay. We've well ten and zero. Nobody loves us, but we keep winning football games. So <laughs> this is this is yeah. where you are. You don't fluke your way to a record like that. You don't beat the teams we've beaten by by just luck you might get a game or two by a bit of luck here and there uh, but not all these wins in a row I'm not having it um, I think sorry. there's I think there's, th- there's things that you could nitpick at um, if, if you're that way inclined I mean I, I'm, I'm, I am slightly worried about the run game I think Peterson will uh, he'll get you a yard and he'll get you into the end zone if you're on the goal line but I'd like to see more from Foreman and McNichols I mean I think Nichols seems to have like he seems to be a really reliable pass catcher when anywhere on the field. But every time he's been targeted in these past two games, he's been up and down. And then I think I think Foreman's very. If I'm looking at Foreman from a from an opponent's point of view, I think he's very easy to defend. He's very one note. He ain't got much lateral movement. I don't he, he think he runs up the middle. I, I I I mean I think I think Foreman and McNichols are probably better than Peterson in truth. And, but he brings you something different. I like, like I like, I like having the committee in this situation because if one's not firing, you can go to another, and it it, it can kind of you've got options. Um, I mean, we saw that I big just, play. I, I think the ideal scenario would be for one of them to emerge, so that if Derek does come back, he don't have to be thrown in for forty carries or forty touches, essentially. Yeah, you know, yeah, it, we'll get to that first first playoff game, and you've got. A five or six game stretch of either Foreman, Peterson, or McNichols playing well, and then you can give them the first carries and, and ease Derek into a game. 
I think that's an ideal scenario, and I think that it's still possible that that could happen. Do, do you think with McNichols that the pressure's got to him a bit? Because it's quite, it's probably quite a nice cushy job where you've got you've got Derek Henry there taking the workload, and you're coming in on third downs here and there, doing bits and pieces. Um, but now more is being asked of him. I mean, he, sh- he should have had a touchdown catch. Um, there were a few yeah, drops that, that, in those, general. Those were the type of plays they were making. Yeah, early yeah. doors in the season, you'd, you'd sort of be watching a game and forget that you were even on the roster, and then he'd come up with a really important third down. Or Johnny, in, in, and obviously he's got away from that role now because he's got more responsibility on his shoulders. But it, like I say, I think like an, an, an ideal scenario is for one of them to distance herself from the other two and actually become viable. I mean, my gut feeling is that's probably Foreman, if of any of them. That uh, there was he had that play where. I think he caught a screen pass and then took it for sort of 30, 40 yards. And I'm watching that. that that's Henry is getting in the end zone. Um, and just, we're sort of like judging it based on that, which is really unfair. And I think I made a point in the WhatsApp and actually just Foreman's just not as quick. And there's no getting away from that. And that's, yeah. there's no slight on him. You can't compare. There's no point comparing someone to Derek Henry. It's just, you're just going yeah, to cause I'm yourself not- pain. I don't think he's got a lot of shiftiness either, but I think as far as like fundamentals, his ball security and his pass protection, I think that's kind of why he's, why he's got himself on the field. Yeah, yeah, and those those are vital and important. He's, yeah. And he, but yeah, he's not done anything wrong. He's not he's not sort of. I'm not watching him thinking you can't you can't do a job or you're letting the team down. No. Far from it. He's he's consistently seems to get three or four with those those carries, and I don't. But yeah, I don't feel like he's going to break one. Um, when I'm for me, he's, he's done something. For me, he's done something massively wrong, which was change his jersey number. Uh, oh, that's. <laughs> <laughs> I like, who the I'm not into it. Seven. Like, who did we sign? Like, I'm googling. And I'm like, oh, same fellow as we had last month. Like, I don't really mind now. Or, but yeah, really, really did my head in for a little while. So, no, he's, he's gone down a couple of times. He's not Billy Vaughan, like, is he? Yeah, it is. Zach Zach I have have I ranted about single digit digit jersey numbers on this podcast? Um, you probably don't want to hear it. It's 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 getting old. Although although I have I'm starting to get used to it, but I don't I don't like change in general. <laughs> no, <laughs> but running backs and play, like wide receivers, players on defense having single digit jersey numbers, it still looks wrong. Plain wrong. Um, and even if, if you, even if you're even Adrian it. Peterson having a the number eight, like it, that snap where we went wildcat, and there's number eight under center. Um, we had that. We all had that moment, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. I was always told that if you're going to go single digit, then you've got to be an absolute baller. You don't. You don't get like. The third stringer wearing number seven. Do you know what I mean? It's it's got to be you're the main man wearing number one. You know, Jamar Chase in in Cincinnati, or you know. But if you you got to be able to play with that single digit if you're a skill position player, rather than just a you know a go on for special teams sort of fella, because else you just look ridiculous. So, yeah, hundred um, percent. Speaking of single digit players, uh, Julio. Um, he's gone on IR, so he's going to miss at least until the bye week, isn't he? Um, Neil, I know 
you were probably the most sceptical about the pickup in the first place. Um, I don't know if you've changed your tune on that. I mean, it's, it's hindsight's very easy. Um, I, I still think he's looked good in patches when we've seen him. Um, and I'm ho- hopefully this rest will, will do some good. I mean, this hamstring's obviously a long-term slash permanent issue that we're just going to have to manage. Um, I mean, it, I don't want to say that we've done the wrong thing um, because I'd rather find out this way than not do it in the first place. Um, but it's... I mean, obviously, I was sceptical because I think he's had this problem for a couple of years in Atlanta and I just, I just don't see how you get older and become healthier. I just, I don't think that's a combination that, that ever really happens. Um, and as, as much as like, obviously, I, I were sceptical and, and I thought something like this could happen. It's still really disappointing because I like I think as I've agreed with you in group chat as well as Greg as well. I, I think when he's on the field, it is a massive contributor. Um, I just and and I, and I look at the guy we let go. I think this come up in his group chat as well about Corey Davis and and I'm not sure we miss the guy, even though he's a, a more reliable to be out there on a Sunday than Julio is. And I think the upside is a lot bigger with Julio in there, but. As far as the trade goes, I mean, who else who would be over that other side if we hadn't made that trade? You know, you can't you can't answer that question. So we just got to hope that Julio can get get fit over these next three weeks and and start make make plays when it matters. Really, the thing as well that you hope that he's doing behind the scenes would be being that team player. The, the thing that we've not seen OBJ be in you know any place that he's been really is that he's at least you know going through the reps with. Nick uh, Westbrook Aquino and and other players, you know Marcus Johnson, and saying this is the way that I run this route, this is the way that I look to turn the defender in this way or whatever. And then if he's doing that with the younger players, maybe that's the reason why Johnson had such a good game this past weekend because he's being taught by you know an All Pro, potentially Hall of Fame receiver, you know being this is what I look for, this is what I target. If he's doing that and helping those, then you know it does help that situation as well. Even though he's not on the field, he's still having some impact on it. Doing AJ Brown, even and people like that. Um, yeah, Johnson looked great, didn't he? Um, it was. I mean, I, I don't know. Some, sometimes uh, you've, you've got AJ Brown and the defense's attention's always all going to go on him. And he, <clears throat> I don't want to say he had an off game. But there are a couple of couple of iffy, iffy moments, maybe, um, maybe from him. But you, you know, he's. He's bouncing back strong the next week. That's 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 the thing with him. Uh, but John, yeah, Johnson cleaned up, and and I think caught the Saints unawares. Probably they weren't paying him any attention. So Tannehill's right. Okay, we'll uh, we'll ride the hot hand. Um, yeah, and I think that the the beauty of all this is like next week that could be Chester Rogers or that could be Nick Westbrook. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't think I don't think all of a sudden we're going to start. Forcing ten targets, Marcus Johnson's way. I just think the way the offense is built, even when Julio's on the field, because Julio hasn't been a, a, a particularly a target monster. I think the way the offense is built is take what the defense gives you. We're not particularly targeting any one player. So they, you said target monster, didn't you? So we've got the tickle monsters on defense. Yeah, and the, yeah. Okay, just just clarifying that. Well, I mean, at least target monster like makes sense. <laughs> 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 you know exactly what I mean when I say it. There's no like <laughs> background explanation required from Harry. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Well, um, 
What about Des Fitzpatrick? Yes, that's who I was about to say. Yeah, 100%. Like, he just didn't get on the field at all. Or if he did, I didn't see him. Well, like, he, 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 he had a catch. Uh, you may have missed because it was that play where um, we just had the centre and the two guards on the on the offensive line. And that... Uh, <laughs> it, it's something out... It's either something out of Madden or it goes back to... Do you remember that Colts fake punt? Um against the Patriots where they just they just lost the plot. Um oh, I, could anybody say it. I, I don't I genuinely don't understand the logic of that whatsoever. Um other than just to confuse somebody. Um but you're confusing your own fans. No nobody else. It just makes any situation easier to defend, surely. <laughs> but yeah that was uh, that was a Fitzpatrick reception for I think a loss. On the play, um, hopefully we'll see more of him. It sounds like he's he's doing, having had a maybe not the best training camp, um, but he's been impressing in practice. And you know, with Mike Brabel, you're going to get you know, unless unless he's deliberately being evasive, um, it's it's pretty clear where you <laughs> if you're a player, it's going to be pretty clear where you stand with him. And yeah, he. Uh, yeah, I think it's the signs of what he says about players and what he doesn't say makes it makes it clear he wasn't a fan of how he started out, but he's been a fan of how he's responded to that. And so, yeah, I think I think the wide receiver group from from top to bottom is like typical Vrabel and John Robinson, like solid fundamentally, hard workers, diligent. That the, the, they recruit that that type of player. That's the type of and while that while you look at the five or six guys on paper. Other than Julio and AJ Brown, you're not exactly getting excited. We've obviously seen now for over a 10 week period that they're all fairly reliable uh, and they've made big catches as well, big third downs and yeah. big touchdowns. And I think the other four guys are contributing to making it a fairly solid group when going into the season, we're all quite worried about it. And the forgotten man, Josh Reynolds, isn't even on the team now. You know, so it just shows you know, you've, they're making decisions based on who's effective now rather than yeah, based on play, yeah. Yeah, what's gone before, yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, I'm all I'm all for that. Yeah, I, 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 frustrating though, is that like Des Fitzpatrick gets brought up from a Patrick squad, make practice squad wow, that was really hard to say about me. Des Fitzpatrick was brought up from the practice squad. Ooh, that's a tongue twister. Um but um and makes one catch. Whereas you get like um, Cole, who makes a huge play on special teams. I just think, like, if I was that player, how would I want to impact the game? Is it a one catch for a loss in a weird formation that's clearly been designed to get you the ball in your hands to do something? Or is it to make it, you know, an impact play? And special teams are slightly random anyway, and fumbles especially, I, I think, are just a little bit random. But I don't know... I almost expect more of a player who we expected a lot more of going into the seat of certainly going into preseason in Fitzpatrick, and it's just it's frustrating to, to watch him not do it. From my point of view, I think you're right. Some of those things are a bit random, aren't they? At times, and uh, yeah, but that special teams play reminds me a bit of Josh Kalou last year. Had a couple of highlight reel plays, didn't he? Um, and and actually, oh no, I don't want to have a go at the guy that's not that's not my point it's just sometimes sometimes you just get a bit lucky with one of those and you make a name for yourself 
Um, but it's it's great, you know, someone like D yeah, Dylan Cole just just stepping up with a, a huge moment, and that that was big in the game. First, yeah, and I think it, it it's just testament to coaching again. Yeah, you yeah. know, players players like Dylan Cole who like prior to game day you wouldn't, you wouldn't be thinking it'd make any impact on game whatsoever, but he's so sort of well drilled and in tune with the scheme that in the limited opportunity he gets, he made a massive influence on the game. And I think, again, it's, it's testament to how well they're coached and how much they're buying into how well they're coached. Mike Brable loves that sort of stuff too, doesn't he? Mm. <clears throat> yeah. He'll uh, he'll certainly be involved next week on the back of that. Um... <laughs> All right, Texans then. Week 11. I don't, I don't even... I'm not going to waste time on this. I mean, in fact, if... Anyone sees it's like it, I'm going to do that wedding thing. If anyone sees of any reason why these two cannot be married today, if anyone sees any reason why we're not going to go be nine and two when we next speak, um, say it now or forever hold your peace. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, th I, th I think thankfully the team and the attitude of the team and the attitude of the coaches won't probably take it as lightly as we are. Which mean we probably which which means we probably will win. <laughs> uh, we've we've <laughs> hopefully we've had we've had that Jets game. That that's what I'm saying. So you know we're not yeah. that we've we've got that one out of the way for this year. Yeah, that's that's the fear, isn't it? That we just have a Jets repeat and then NFL media put us at you know, number 29 on power rankings because we've lost two awful teams and the whole world's ending. <laughs> and, and, you know, we're we're running quite a threadbare team, to be honest. You know, it will take one or two more big injuries. Jeffrey Simmons, essentially Lawan being out for longer than he actually was last time. Yeah, Tannehill, you know, if one of those three go out, AJ Brown properly, you know, you're, I'd be a little bit more stressed and worried. Don't get me wrong, it's the Texans. We should beat them, um, but then they're all NFL players. They're all the best players in the in the world, and yeah, it's still a game that, being a Titans fan, you get stressed out by for no reason whatsoever. Mm -hmm. It's like it's like. Some... Go ahead. Sorry, mate. Go on. It's like Man U facing Accrington Stanley in the FA Cup, but for some reason, if you're a Man U fan, you think, "Oh, if we lose this, we're never going to hear the last of it." And that's just how I feel. It's, it's just that. I think they've got some threats downfield, and that's pretty much the, the main worry. Um, but obviously, when Tyler Taylor's got about 0.3 seconds to throw a ball, um, that should work in our favour. Yeah, the Jets are a better team um, than the Texans. And. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't, let's move on. Let's move on. We don't need. We don't need to uh, <laughs> work out ways that we can uh, mess this one up. Um, otherwise, you know, maybe maybe Harry's video might be more interesting. But I can't think of any other other reason that we would want that to happen. Um, right, non-Titans related. Um, yeah, Neil, I think you've uh, have you missed a couple of weeks. So, yeah, I'm guessing yeah, you'll have a few things yeah, so. built up. I mean, I, I'm going to go uh, with the transatlantic snack scene yet again. Of uh, course. Don't, don't know what that says about me, uh, but has anybody seen the uh, Ferrero Rocher bars? No. Oh, yeah. Mate, honestly. 
uh, whichever madman has decided to make these, uh, they're just insane. They're like, imagine a bar of the chocolate that's on the outside of a Ferrero Rocher, maybe a centimetre thick bar, and then they've got like little bubbles on top filled with that cream that's inside Ferrero Rocher. So there's like there's like twelve squares, and each square's got a little bubble on top that's like a mini Ferrero Rocher. And they come in like a little box with like lovely gold wrap. They're just they're just a premium product. I can't I honestly can't speak I can't I can't speak highly enough. You can get dark chocolate or just normal milk chocolate, and both are as good as each other. Can you so get them in M and S? I'm not sure. I do do branded stuff M&S nowadays. I'm not sure, <laughs> but I got, I got them from Tesco. Uh, make yourself a coffee. And just, well, just, you don't have to eat it all, but I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had a Ferrero Rocher in years. And I don't know, I, there's no reason for that. They are elite. Oh, it's just, yeah, Ferrero Rocher bar. Nice. Seriously. I can't. I, I just couldn't believe my eyes. Literally, I couldn't walk past it. I'm on. I'm on that as well. My 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 wife doesn't. She doesn't care for nuts particularly. So I could have them in the house. I don't think she's keen on Ferrero Rocher because of like the the, the nut thing. Um. So I could get. I could get away with that. This is perfect. Yeah. Nobody had. Uh, nobody had dip in. <laughs> Excellent. Um, Harry, I'm going to save yours because. My yeah, mine's a little bit. Serious. This is this shouldn't ever be serious. Um, there's, I mean, American listeners might zone out at this point. I'm going to mention cricket, and which is probably perceived as a sport for the middle upper classes in this country, and this is never being more clear than it is right now. So there's a a cricketer who's played for played for Yorkshire, um, Azim Rafiq, who's made allegations over the last few weeks and months um, about. Uh, systematic racism, you know, just, just that's endemic in in the sport of or for Yorkshire in particular. But and some of the stuff that's unraveling is is quite abhorrent, to be honest. And I, I don't like almost any of the stuff that I'm reading. Uh, but it, it's uh, we've had you know, Black Lives Matter, you know, the start of the pandemic, um, and this has been such a big thing across the oh, across the whole world in in the last couple of years and and as as it should be and the whole the whole outlook should be about change about education about people changing their changing their behavior learning what's what's been done wrong putting it right making the world a better place that's the, i mean that, that's that's how i see it um but this the way this has been dealt with uh, by by Yorkshire and by the England Cricket Board um, is almost worse than the racism itself. You know, there, there's a balance between sweeping something under the carpet and throwing people to the wolves and making it a witch hunt. And they're, they're, it's either one or the other, and there's no no sort of right track being done with any of this. Everybody involved is just out to save themselves and finding someone else that they can throw under the bus rather than just saying, right, do you know what? We 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 were bad. We we did something wrong ten years ago, fifteen years ago. Yeah, we didn't behave. We didn't behave very well. Um, you know, I'm really sorry about this. We shouldn't have done it. That's bad. 
we'll, we'll make steps to make sure that future generations won't behave like that because it's very clear that it's unacceptable. But no, this isn't what they're doing. It's just like, right, okay, no, this wasn't us. This was them or this is this isn't a problem or I'm just going to ignore it or say that, um, yeah, we didn't do these things or denying. Just just do the do the right thing. You've done the wrong thing in the past. You had the opportunity to use this for some good and it's just been ignored and not dealt with properly and it's still not being dealt with properly and it's it's just embarrassing for everybody concerned and I, and, I, and i'm sure i'm sure this guy's right you know there's there's institutional racism not just in cricket but in society and the way that people have behaved over the years that this isn't this is an opportunity to be better as people you know, as, a, as a population as a world and just say right you know, going, the further you go back the worse the worse people have behaved and part of that's just what's been normal and sometimes there's no point in saying right this person behaved appallingly 20 years ago because they might they might not have seen it as behaving appallingly 20 years ago be, be more constructive you know, say yeah i mean i'm not a sorry Adam. yeah let's just say be, be be more constructive just just rather than throw someone under the bus for language or behavior they may or may not have used going back apologize be mean it and be better yeah i think i i mean i'm not i'm not a, a cricket fan as such but I, i'm a proud yorkshireman uh, and i and i always would like to see yorkshire do well um the very little interest i do taking cricket I would say Yorkshire were my team, essentially. But nah, I think moving on going forward, and especially with I, you hinted at the way they've dealt with it, I think whatever they achieve or whatever Yorkshire County Cricket Club does in future, it's always going to be tainted for me now. For, for what little enthusiasm I had is now, has now been stamped out. And I, and I, and I, I don't know how somebody who is a, a big cricket fan like yourself and a Yorkshire fan would deal with that. And, and I guess that's part of the problem in the first place. There'll be Yorkshire cricket fans that don't think there's institutional racism and think that it is a witch hunt. And do, do you understand what I mean? Yeah, but, uh, but to, be fair to, to be fair to Yorkshire fans, it's, they might not know. You know they, they, they'll look at it. Yeah. You know, I'm, a, I'm an Essex fan. There's been some allegations that have come out yeah. about Essex. And my, your sort of instant reaction is, oh, that can't be from my club. You know, I love my club. My club does the yeah. right thing all the time well actually no you've got to say well maybe it didn't we, i don't know i think things um, get very tribal as well i mean I, i'm a i, I mean i spot Leeds united and our keeper uh three or four years back racially abused a charlton player and my view whether it should have been sacked suspended deserved everything he got and other Leeds fans came at me on twitter as if like mm. because i weren't being totally staunch that i was somehow not getting behind my club if you know what i mean and I think those kind of things don't help with institutional racism. I think you, you need to obviously put your your fandom or your staunchness or your, your whatever you, you, you believe in or you're proud of to one side and think about things logically. I think if more people did that, the society that you, you speak about could could be possible. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, That my concern with this was I was going to take us down a serious rabbit hole, uh, which is, isn't <laughs> always the spirit of this segment, so... Uh... 
But it, it, it's, it's been heavily in the news in this country today. It won't have created a ripple in America, I don't suppose. But there'll be similar, there'll be similar stuff that goes on in sport over there. There'll be similar stuff in American football, baseball, basketball. I'm sure it, I'm sure it goes on. I'm sure it's still an issue in places. And yeah, it just it needs to be tackled properly rather than just reacting and saying, "Oh no, it wasn't me. It was him." That's, that's missing the missing the point. Yeah, and I think I think some good could have come out of this with Yorkshire and and cricket. And there was a big opportunity to for people to hold their hands up and say, "Right, we've done we've done wrong. Let's be constructive and move forward, and bring the right levels of awareness in the right places." And they've just done the exact opposite. So, Harry, make this make this lighter. I mean, you might have something deeper and more serious. I don't know. It's food related, no, isn't it? No, it, it's, kind of, it's kind of hard to make that seem more serious. Um, no, for, I was going to go for one all about at the moment. We've got a local election that's going to have to happen, a by election, which is really exciting. But I save that for another day. That's probably a bit too deep. Um, although <laughs> I was I was on Midlands today, yesterday. Big, big, uh, you know, star sign in there for Midlands today. You know, walking oh, out. Uh, the shop. What? The yeah. dreamboat on Midlands today? How have I missed this? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was it was really exciting. Um, I basically just walked out of one of the shops that I helped run, and that was it. That was my two seconds of fame. Um, but no, my um, my non Titans related uh, this week is about nail clippers. Um, so I'm usually like a nail scissor guy, but I can't find my nail scissors, so I've had to use the nail clippers. You know, like the ones that you just turn and it sort of just slices. Do you know what? Yeah, one of them? yeah. For me, they just go too far into your nail. They're not. They're not. They're just too, too in depth. I mean, you never get like they don't cover your full toenail, do they? Like your full, full big toe, you can't get one that covers it. <laughs> and then not not the other half. And then when you cut the other half, you've missed off half of the bit before. So then you end up with like with a really jaggedy toenail. So then when you go to bed that night, it's like cutting up your duvet. You know, you've got bleeding toe halfway through night. You don't know what's going on with your life. So basically, um, whoever makes nail clippers for toes, you just need to make it as wide as the normal big toe length, if that's cool, with like a little bit of a bend. And then yeah, we're but if good. it's the size of your big toe, when you come to do the little toe, won't that cause more problems? Look, this isn't my problem, if I'm being honest with you. It definitely um, is. This is, this is, this is your problem. <laughs> Oh, this is my non-Titans, but it's not my problem to fix. You know, I'm, I'm waiting. For he some... wants a multi-tool. This guy wants a multi-tool now. Yeah, maybe like a Swiss Army knife with toe clippers or yeah. something. I don't know yeah. what we need, but this, uh, honestly, I've, I've, I'm going back to scissors next time. This job needs doing because I'm, I'm not doing it with them again because they're still jaggedy now. I mean, like three days in. Anyway, that was it. I, I, I think that would be a bit more light. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a big fan of nail clippers. Me, I think they're elite for uh, accuracy. I'll, I'll level with you. I just pick. I just pick my toenails. That's not something I should admit on air, is it? That's too much of a risk. <laughs> if you get too deep and then you pull all the way along and then you cut that little bit of skin by your toenail, mm. that that's pain. Like I, I imagine that's aching to childbirth. If I'm being perfectly honest. So. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't yeah. think uh, anybody will fancy the Ferrero or Oshibana. I'd I'd like to think about that rather than rather than Harry's toes, <laughs> if I'm honest. <laughs> Uh, but I've done this in the wrong order. We've gone chocolate bars, institutional racism, toenail clippers. If there's uh, one way to podcast, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Right, that's more than enough from us. 
I reckon. Um, that's over an hour of content for you, you lucky people. Um, but we'll, we'll do we'll do it again next week. We'll be nine and two, won't we? And uh, I hate I hate being overconfident. It's just it just makes me feel full of dread. But we we have good reason. We have good reason. We are we follow an excellent football team. So cheers, Harry. Cheers, Neil. Yessie and Greg uh, for chatting earlier. Um, I hope your the rest of your trip is good and that you keep your unbeaten record intact at Nissan Stadium. And yeah, we'll chat next week. Tighten up. Tighten up. Tighten up.